It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. This is Bonus Benson. This segment is officially completely off the rails. What are you talking about? Stuff we wish never aired. You know, I'm the talent. Right, of course. Except Uh I'm the talent. Come on, man. The Guy Benson Show. Home stretch on this Halloween Monday on the Guy Benson Show, GuyBensonShow.com. That's our website. Podcast is always free. USA Today with a story about the most popular candies in each of our 50 states. We don't have time to go through all of them, but they did rank the top 10 overall across the country according to data at candystore.com. I don't know how definitive or exhaustive that is, but for what it's worth, here are the top 10. Number 10, candy corn. That's a red flag to begin with. You're telling me candy corn is a top 10 favorite candy in America? No. This seems like fake news. But we need the content, so I'll continue anyway. Number nine, Tootsie Pops. As a kid, I liked the lollipop, but not the Tootsie Roll inside. I don't like Tootsie Rolls. So I would eat the lollipop until it got down to the Tootsie Roll and then discard. Number eight, Snickers. That checks out. Number seven, Hershey's Kisses. I like them especially around the holidays. They do the commercials where they're little bells the Christmas season. Number six, Sour Patch Kids. I am the hardest of no's. Everything about that candy is completely disgusting to me. No, no, no. But I know people like them, but you can have them. You keep them. Number five is Hot Tamales. Is that is that a candy? I'm not even aware of that. Maybe it's a blind spot that I have. Number four is Starburst. Number three is M&M's. I prefer peanut M&M's, of course. Number two, Skittles, almost as bad as Sour Patch Kids. Awful. And then number one, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, which I can get behind. Not a big candy person. Of the top ten, I sort of like one, two, three, four of them. So maybe I'm a little below average in terms of the sweet tooth. Wyatt, you seemed shocked and appalled by some of my responses. Yeah, guy. I mean, I I think the best, some of the best candy is like the sugary, gummy stuff. Like, I got to be in the mood for chocolate. And like like right now, I would want like Sour Patch Kids. I wouldn't want Mm. a Hershey's bar or something. I would default to chocolate, and I really have to be in a mood for any other kind of candy, and I rarely am. I like gummy bears from time to time, but that's about it. I'm also not a huge sweet tooth person in general. Like, if you're going out to dinner and you can have either an appetizer or a dessert, I'm going with the appetizer, skipping dessert. I like a little sweet at the very end, but even like one bite of something usually does the trick. Dan, candy preferences? So I used to always be chocolate. My favorite growing up was Three Musketeers. I don't know why. I liked like the fluffiness of it inside. And then oh, I, is there marshmallow in there? Kind of, yeah. It's like a chocolate yeah. marshmallowy mix in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And That's then, why I didn't like it. <laughs> and then I transitioned to peanut butter cups. Uh, peanut butter and chocolate always. But in my later stage of life now, in my mid-30s, I love tart 
like gummy candy, like the ones you were just saying, hey, I love Sour Patch Kids, Oof. like gummy ropes, things like that. I love them so much. Oh, well, we would ask producer Christine what her <laughs> preferences are, but she's off today for Halloween, eight days before a big election that we're covering here. That's fine. Also, we know that she prefers to drink her dessert. Right, that's well established anyhow. <laughs> Meanwhile, we mentioned this right before the break. Midweek last week, Adam and I started watching a show. And by the way, I thought about talking about it here in a previous home stretch or tweeting about it, but I can't do that anymore. When I'm watching a show, especially binge watching a show where people already know the outcome, I've had this happen in the past where I will say publicly that I'm getting into something, and then people just to be jerks who don't like me will tweet spoilers at me and say, oh, so-and-so dies, or this is how this ends. So now I can't even talk about it until it's over. So these absolute, well, I can't use that word. You can probably guess the word that I want to use. Those people, I won't let them ruin my fun and rob me of joy. So... Midweek last week, we started watching. I had seen some good reviews on social media. I think, like, the uh, Rotten Tomatoes score was really excellent. It is the reboot of a reality competition show that debuted, I want to say, around 2000 or 2001 called The Mole. I don't remember which network it was on originally, but it was, if memory serves, Hosted by Anderson Cooper. I never watched it at the time. I vaguely remember its existence. Now it's back. It's on Netflix. It is hosted by another cable personality, cable news personality. Alex Wagner from MSNBC, who took over for Rachel Maddow. She is the host of this show. And she does a perfectly, I would say, serviceable job. That didn't really impact my enjoyment of the show at all. The premise, if you haven't heard of it, is as follows. There were, I want to say, a dozen or so contestants who all arrived in Australia. This season was filmed in Australia. And it is a group competition show where there are elaborate tasks that the group must complete together. And there's an elimination component to it. It's a little bit complicated to explain, but the twist, sort of the hook of the show, hence the name of the show, The Mole, is that there is secretly someone among the contestants who is a saboteur, someone who is trying to, without being too obvious about it, undermine the group's efforts and reduce the amount of money that they're able to earn through these challenges. And the whole show is based on who is the mole and who is able to correctly identify the mole and then survive to the very end to beat the mole and win the money. And there's a lot of intrigue. There are twists and turns. There's a lot of psychological games that are played, and there's gamesmanship among the contestants, people pretending to be the mole to try to bring suspicion upon themselves because strategically that's helpful to them. And some people who you feel like, oh, gosh, that has to be the mole, and then it is revealed that they're not because they get eliminated. The mole never gets eliminated and gets revealed in the finale. And part of what I liked about it is not just the prisoner's dilemma-type challenges that they're given and opportunities where the good of the group is pitted against individual greed 
and the opportunity to undermine things and people can go lie to others and then look out for themselves. There's a lot of sort of intriguing little subplots along the way where you really get to see human nature. But the challenges themselves are also just really well executed and cool. Like the budget to produce this show must have been huge. They did not cut corners. There is one that's a prison break where they go into this antique century-old prison and they have to get out of the prison as a team. There's a bank heist in this old, old bank in like rural Australia. Those are just two examples. It was fabulous. And we raced through this thing. There are 10 episodes, I think like 45 minutes each or so. And by the end of Friday night, we were done. And we would talk in between the episodes, who do you think it is? It seems way too obvious that it's that person, right? Could that person be the mole or is it just too obvious? What about that person? Then you start to come up with your own list of suspects and theories, and then sometimes they just crumble with surprising eliminations. Anyway, I understand the hype and the buzz around it. I would strongly recommend it. It is fun. Wyatt, you had not heard of this show, and I think the original was before your time anyway. Have I sold you to maybe give it a shot? Yes, because you've you've gotten me to watch some other shows in the past, so I think I could give it a shot and, and feel confident in that decision, yes. Give it like one or two episodes and see how you're feeling about it, but I think it's visually stunning. It's really well shot, and it's just the intrigue and the betrayals and sort of these psychological games that are very, very fun in the process of also trying to figure out how are they going to make this money, how are they going to achieve whatever the objective is in any given episode. And they're very good, I will warn you, at cliffhangers where you feel like one more episode and then we're going to bed. And then at the very end of the episode, there's just an irresistible morsel that is dangled in front of you and you just want to keep going. Very quickly, Wyatt, you were recommending earlier a show to me. What's it called? White Lotus? Something like that? Is that is that Netflix? No, HBO Max. Okay, HBO. And why should I watch it? It's just very entertaining. Like It's based on... They have two seasons now and the first season was about just random different types of people going on vacation at the White Lotus Hotel in Hawaii, which is a fictional place. Um, and it's just the drama and the trials and tribulations of people going on vacation. And I find it very entertaining to watch. Is it suspenseful, like a mystery and a drama, or is it comedy? It's mostly comedy. There's some some suspense as well. Uh, it's just it's just to me, it's just entertaining. It's just it's a very well done, well written show. And this season, it's it's based out of uh, Sicily. That's where the White Lotus Hotel is in this season. Huh. So. Dan, have you watched either White Lotus or The Mole? So I grew up with The Mole, so I was about 13 when it came out, and we loved all those The OG. Shows. Yeah, the OGs, when it was like Survivor and all those things, Real World and all those things. I loved it. I have not watched The New Mole, but I will. Oh, you're going to love it. The White Lotus, I did love. It's just like, it's one of those shows where it starts off like everything's normal and fine, people are just on vacation, and then it gets to like the darker underbelly issues that are going on with certain groups in the show and certain characters and you start to realize that like not everything is as it seems 
and they kind of all, all is not come well. Yes, is it exactly. funny though? Because Wyatt Wyatt is indicating that it's funny. It's very funny. There's a lot lot of comedy. Um, I can't think of the main actor's name. He plays a dad, and he's been in a bunch of stuff. But he's just so funny. At like he just kind of is there on vacation, getting drunk, and it's just really funny as a as a whole, and just lots okay. of laughing. Well, I'm writing it moments. down. White Lotus on HBO Max. Maybe add that to the queue, and then you guys can watch the mole, and then. Get back to me. We should recommend this to Christine, too. She would love it. By the way, if there was a mole on this show, we all know who <laughs> the mole is. Not even close. <laughs> it's Wyatt. Okay, we got to go. Back here tomorrow, same time, same place for the Guy Benson Show. Have a great night. Thank you for listening. Trick or treat. Happy Halloween. Home stretch on this Tuesday on the Guy Benson Show from D.C. Up to New York for the rest of the week. Podcast always free no matter where we're doing the show from. It's on demand for you, GuyBensonShow.com. You have lots of options to access that free podcast. All right, so yesterday was Halloween. And I believe producer Christine showed up for work today. I'm not sure about that. Christine, you're back from vacation, I think. Are you there? Guy Benson, it was not a vacation. It was my daughter's Halloween. I had to take her. A lot of rest and relaxation. Just kick back, put your feet up a little bit, and let Wyatt and Dan and yours truly just slave (sighs) over the show eight days before an election. But we're glad (laughs) that you deigned to show up today and join us here now that we're a week out from the election. You did send us some photos from your daughter's school event, the Halloween event, now, Megan in these photos, is she an angel? What is her character? Yes, she is an angel, although she was very upset because nobody seemed to know that she was an angel. And people either thought she was a fairy or some, like, goddess, and uh, that really bothered her. Okay, well, I mean, I saw the photo of her, and immediately it kind of struck me as maybe like she was in a Christmas pageant. She had the angel look about her in that context but if you're in maybe a halloween mindset you would think alternative options like they did so did she not have a halo i'm trying to remember like what was it that didn't sell the costume with some people i think no she didn't have a halo she had like a headband so people thought it was more like hippie-ish i don't know she was very upset to her it was a halloween fail we got to do better next year Okay. I mean, duly noted, we can improve. We can take a whole day off and still have trouble with the costume, apparently. Now, in the photo, in the photo that you sent the group, your daughter, and I had to zoom in for this, but your daughter is giving quite a judgmental look to the boy in her class who is standing next to her wearing a Halloween costume. And would you like to share with the class what he was dressed up as? I swear this is true. Well, apparently, Megan did not like the fact, and he is the class clown, and Megan doesn't like that either because she likes to be serious in school, but he showed up as a hot dog, and I thought it was a genius, (laughs) genius costume. I can imagine you like the mom in Mean Girls (laughs) with the camcorder, maybe a little bit drunk, wooing from the audience, but not for your own daughter, for the hot dog guy, because that's truly like, that's your son from another mother. 
dressed up as a hot dog. That's your jam, Christine. And he had more toppings, I think, on his costume than your famous costume. Well, I he did, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. But Megan said uh, he is a bad boy, mommy, and uh, he it was a silly costume. So I then bad had to boy. break out. Yeah, he's bad. Your type, very bad. <laughs> he's always in trouble. He's always talking. She said. Well, I mean, he had the hot dog costume, and he looked very happy in it. She looked unhappy, <laughs> right? She was very much having none of it. She was throwing some pretty serious shade with her facial expression, which is hilarious. Like, it's just so perfect that this is your daughter reacting the way that she did to a costume that is near and dear to your heart. I have to tell you, Christine, I had my good friend from home, Dan Duva, over for dinner last night because he's the play-by-play broadcaster for the Vegas Golden Knights in the NHL. They are in Washington playing the Capitals tonight, just down the road from here. So they flew in yesterday. He said, hey, are you around? I said, yeah, come on over. You can help us do trick-or-treating with the kids, and we'll cook some dinner. And we were sitting at dinner talking about a bunch of different topics, and he listens to the show almost every day, usually on the podcast. And so he was asking about certain updates and certain inside jokes, and he definitely is very much up on a lot of our nonsense here. And then the text came in from you with the photo of your daughter next to the hot dog kid. (laughs) And so I said, Dan, you're not going to believe this. So I zoomed in with my fingers on the iPhone just to show your daughter. Like, this is Christine's daughter, Megan, who we talk about on the podcast, at her Halloween event at school. And he looks at it. He says, oh, okay, nice. And I said, look at this facial expression. He said, okay. And I said, now look at the boy that she is giving the expression to. And then I just panned over. And Dan burst out laughing. He could not believe it was real. But in fact, it was real. And Christine, your hot dog costume and your total lack of shame slash affirmative pride about your hot dog costume bet that you lost has become enough of a thing among our audience that you are getting tweets now from listeners at Cookies Jar 1988 telling you what exactly? I had a mom tweet me this morning of a picture of her daughter and her daughter's friend dressed up as hot dogs. And it was because of my influence. So I am officially an influencer. It's exciting. Oh, Lord help us. Are you on TikTok, Christine? Not yet, but I think I think that's coming. And, you know, I'm going to get those, you know, special codes to give you like 10% off a hot dog costume somewhere. I'll figure it all out. Is your persona on TikTok going to be... I don't know, like a rapping hot dog, like C. Diddy meets a street food treat? <laughs> I don't know, because I'm also cookie. So there's a lot of food going around here. I got to I got to figure it all out. Um, I'll probably just ask who your man- manager and agent are. So then I could figure well, it out on myself. Because it's a CCP espionage tool. Well, we're going to get you on TikTok. They had, remember, the bosses wanted us on TikTok for a very long time. And I'm just, it's it's not for me. I want to also point out, we mentioned this briefly on the show yesterday, but you might have missed it, obviously, because you weren't here. Did you see that some of our listeners dressed up for Halloween as the Finnish Long Drink, our sponsor here in the happy hour? And it was so good. The costumes were so good that the Long Drink put that photo on their official Instagram page? Unbelievable. You, too, are an influencer. 
So, <laughs> I mean, we're both pretty popular, I'd have to so say. So the, the guy, the listener, I think he and his girlfriend or wife both listen, but I think he's the one who listens more regularly. So he sent me the photos of them, a few different shots of them dressed as one black can, one red can of the long drink while drinking the long drink. So they were, it was like, they were dressed as the cans while drinking the cans. I thought it was hilarious. So I posted it on my social media, like my personal social media, Instagram and Twitter. The long drink picked it up, put it on their official Instagram and said, this is our favorite costume that we've seen all year. We're a little bit biased. So I saw that come across my feed organically. And so because this listener had sent me a private message on Instagram, I then responded. I sent him the link. I was like, look, you made it. And he responded, and they say dreams don't come true. (laughs) which I thought was a pretty good response. So tip of the cap to them. All right, Christine, I am dying to know how was the trick-or-treating environment last night in your apartment building? How many people participated? Remember last week there was some study that said more than half of Americans were not handing out candy. We said we were going to use your building as like a barometer for that because you had to put decoration on the door to indicate that kids were welcome. What would you say the breakdown was in your building? All right. You're going to be very disappointed in this. But uh, Megan, that was her third round of trick-or-treating, so we didn't do it. And we only got one trick-or-treater ourselves. So right now I'm staring at $100 worth of candy that we do not know what to do with. Did word get around who lives in the apartment? They're just like, avoid that unit. No, I don't. I don't know what happened. I had carved pumpkins at the front. We decorated the door. I don't know. I, what I think happened was up in the Northeast, it was absolutely gorgeous. So we started trick-or-treating outside around 3.30. Oh, we, we had back. rain here. We had bad oh, was, rain here. So it was a quiet oh, was night trick-or-treating-wise here. We got, we got a decent number of people who showed up, but not nearly as many as last year. Last year was a beautiful night. We actually sat out in the driveway. We had a few drinks. We made a whole production out of it. We had dinner out there just hanging out, music on, very inviting. We had tons of trick-or-treaters last year. This year it was rainy and wet, so people had to come to the door and ring the doorbell. And we got some but not as many because I think literally there was a damper on the evening. Oh, that's a bummer. No, it was like in the 70s here. Kids didn't need their jackets, so there were full costumes. We started around 3.30. We went back to our old neighborhood. And let me just tell you something. Trick-or-treating in the afternoon? Yeah, we started at 3.30. What? See, to me, the absolute earliest is maybe 5 p.m. Well, she's nine. I mean, she was exhausted by seven. She was ready. She was done. But let me tell you something. Were you in costume? Um, I had a witch's hat on and I had like a pumpkin sweater. So I I looked cute, you know, a cute mom of someone going trick or treating, but no, I didn't have an actual costume. I'm still not committed yet to buy the cookie one. I need the perfect place for me to buy the cookie costume. It has to be perfect. Did you, did you bring anything with you during the trick or treating? Like Megan had her little (laughs) bag for candy. Did you have a bag for candy or did, did you bring anything along? So, and I, you cannot judge me for this because oh, I, I know would never. every parent out there that went trick-or-treating last night knows what I'm talking about. When you saw the parents walking by with those Yeti cups, 
you know there was not coffee in there or water. I think we all had like little koozies or, you know, Yeti cups mm. or any kind of cups. And mm-hmm. the beer was flowing. The beer was a flowing. Was it beer or was it something else? A so stronger uh, for, for me, mama. No, no, no. For me, it was just beer. Because that's like, to me, it's like kind of just like soda, you know, just like a light thing. You're with the mm. kids. You don't want to, you know, you're not going to be chugging vodka. There was, there was no vodka? No, By the no. way, speaking of vodka, not vodka, we were making fun of you for your pronunciation again last week. You were fighting back saying you hear nothing wrong. And then what mm-hmm. happened, Christine? You got some independent feedback, didn't you? Oh, my gosh. We didn't talk about this yet? No. So, I don't know. I can't believe this guy, but um, the higher-ups at Fox News wanted me to do some voiceover work. So, I was, like, you know, just voicing some ads that would, you know, be playing throughout, you know, the shows and stuff. And I did all the um, commercials, and I sent it along. And right after our show ends, I get an email and said, some feedback, we need you to fix some of these commercials because it looks like you aren't pronouncing the letter D in (laughs) any of them. (laughs) It's so gratifying to be proven correct so quickly. It's like that came in that day, right? We had the conversation and that day you got the (laughs) feedback about dropping your D's. Yes. And then poor Dan had to record it. And I'm like, Dan, does it sound? He's like, all right, let's he had to like work with me. Well, he's your speech therapist, right? You're calling him your speech therapist to try to fix your speech. It's like my fair lady. Just I, I don't know, and it's so funny because I went to a Halloween party on Saturday, but we're all from North Jersey. Bobby said it was like a trip for him, and we were. I was asking, and they're all saying it the way I do. Like we were all going through words, and Bobby's just shaking his head. He's like, "No, that's not how it's. No, that's not how it's pronounced." <laughs> okay, how do you say the word M A S S A G E? Massage. Okay, I say massage. Massage. Yeah, like massage. I get a massage. No. No? That's incorrect. No, that's also incorrect. This is, Christine, we don't have enough time to do an entire okay. speech therapy session here, but add it to the list, Dan. Another thing that you have to try to fix. Good luck. We're out of time. You know, Christine, this seems important enough to really fix some of your, I don't want to call them speech impediments, but some might. Just take as much time off as you need. I mean, it's obviously not something that you worry too much about. So just, you know, maybe wait until next Wednesday or something. And that's, you know, Wyatt Wyatt can hold down the fort and we'll be just fine here, I think, potentially. But happy belated Halloween. I'm glad that you're back. And we've got a lot ahead this week, including a bunch of shows up in New York starting tomorrow. Same time, same place as always. The Guy Benson Show. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a great night. Home stretch, Wednesday edition from New York. It's the Guy Benson Show. I'm guest hosting for Kennedy tonight on Fox Business Network, 7 p.m. Eastern time. We will see you there. A fun lineup tonight. Lots of topics. So please tune in for that. GuyBensonShow.com is our website. Here, the podcast is free every day. Well, I saw this video going viral, and I will have to describe it for you. But Mariah Carey posted this, I believe, on TikTok. And it is her dressed head to toe in elaborate costume and makeup as a witch, a wicked witch. 
and she is, for some reason, pedaling a Peloton. She's on a Peloton bike. And there's spooky surroundings. She starts cackling like a witch, and then all of a sudden, there's a magical moment, and the season changes, and everything becomes Christmas, and you start to hear her sing. So I'm describing this to you so you can envision what we're about to play the audio of, Cut 32. Stop it right there. We, we can't. I cannot listen to that song yet. So uh, was this just something she did for fun? Was this an ad for Peloton? I have no idea what actually happened here, but people are sharing it all over the place. And here at the Guy Benson Show, we have a very strong position on this. With all due respect to Mariah and her acolytes and her fellow travelers on the preemptive Christmas celebration, we say no. We reject it. We are a Thanksgiving show here at the Guy Benson Show. I don't know how many times I have to say it. Thanksgiving is the all-American holiday. I would say right up there with July 4th in terms of Americana, but in terms of my favorite holiday, as devotees of the show might recall, my favorite holiday is Thanksgiving because... It has all these wonderful things like family and friends, gratitude, faith, football, food, all of these great things. The meal itself is fantastic. It's a long weekend. It's in the fall. It's got the autumnal vibe, sweater weather. It's just the best. And it ushers in the Christmas and holiday season. And you know how much you have to look forward to Christmas looming and then New Year's. It's just the kickoff to the most wonderful time of the year. And I refuse to allow anyone to play this game where we just skip from Halloween, which is, in my view, a second-rate holiday that I barely recognize. We talk about it. I'll occasionally dress up. We give candy out, as we've established. But I don't look forward to Halloween. I look forward to Thanksgiving. And this idea that, oh, the calendar turns to November and now it's Christmas— Absolutely not. Not as long as I have this microphone. It is the 24th of November, circled on my calendar a Thursday. We are in Thanksgiving season right now. Once Thanksgiving is over, then we can start having the Christmas conversation. I personally don't want to hear Christmas music in my house until December 1st. That's typically when I want decorations to go up. But I think you are in a safe zone after Thanksgiving. We have this argument every single year. I saw a friend of mine post on social media. He already put up his Christmas tree. He had it up before Halloween. He had it up like October 28th, and that is an abomination. I was like, have you moved in with Christine? It is a fake tree. That could be, is that an apartment in New Jersey? So the premise of Mariah, and I'll admit it's kind of a funny video. The premise of Mariah's video is just bunk. 
And then one more point on this, with all respect, the song that we had to cut off there, All I Want for Christmas is You, I have a firm stance on this as well. It is a very good pop Christmas song. Arguably one of the greatest of all time. Is it disgustingly overplayed? It charts, I think, every year in November and December. It is absolutely overplayed. It's too much. I would like to hear All I Want for Christmas is You. I would say a grand total of maybe half a dozen times between December 1st and December 25th. That would make me happy and enjoy the song. The problem is you hear all or some of it dozens of times. It's ubiquitous. It's unavoidable. But what's fun is Mariah Carey clearly is in on the joke. This is a self-aware thing. Like there's all these memes out there of her sort of revealing herself just after Halloween. Like, here I am. I'm back. Here comes the song. And people who are obsessed with the song, I guess, just go for it. They love it. I am not anti, right? I'm not a hater of the song. I like it. I just can't handle it until December, and then let's just let's just rein it in. Scale it back a little bit because it becomes an earworm and it's just overwhelming. But I know I'm like, I'm arguing against almost the laws of nature, right? It's just like, people are going to do what they're going to do, and that song's going to be everywhere, and they're going to be putting up their Christmas trees, in early November, and that's their choice. It's a free country. But here on this show, we say no. Producer Christine was trying to get us to bump in to this segment with the Mariah Carey song or with another Christmas song, and that got a hard veto from yours truly, the host, the talent. Christine tried Fortunately, I'm up here in New York, so I could see her trying to bully Dan, and Dan stood up to the bully. Dan stood up to the bully, as he should. Christine, you have just been like, you look like a ticking time bomb over there. Well, we all don't agree with your stance on Christmas and when it should start to be celebrated, because I just want to let you know something. I've already started listening to Christmas music. Megan and I may have been listening to Christmas music on the way to school today. We are very excited. Christine, it's like in the 60s. It's early November. It's not even election day yet. Guy, I've been celebrating fall since August. It's time to move on. It is not time to move on. I feel like we have this exact conversation multiple times every year, and yet we will continue to do so because I am correct And you, with all due respect, Christine, are part of the problem. You're part of the problem that we're fighting against. We have part of this cultural cancer inside the show. So I'm trying to do some, like, I don't know. I'm going to get my Christmas tree this Sunday. This weekend? Yeah. Wait, why do you need to get a Christmas tree? I thought you have... It's the one we had fit our home, like our house. It was like wide, but uh, I need a smaller, thinner. I found one at Potter, Pottery Barn that's really nice. Christmas trees are expensive. Yeah, so are real ones. Oh, really? But at I've least never they look one. and smell better. Why? It's too early to buy a real one. I know. That's almost like God telling you something. Isn't it? Like, oh, it won't survive all the way to Christmas. That's the cue. 
Get it when it is natural, as it is intended to be, not November, whatever it's going to be, 9th, 10th? Well, I will say, I... No, even earlier. I'm decorating the this... The 6th. What? It's, it's not a problem. I'm going to decorate this weekend because I'm not hosting Thanksgiving. Now, if I was hosting Thanksgiving, I probably wouldn't put all of the decorations up, but the tree would be up. I love that when my my company comes... And then they can see the tree because they're probably not going to be at my house for Christmas. No, there should not be Christmas decorations visible at Thanksgiving dinner. That is just an affront to that holiday itself. You should maybe break out the stuff the next day, that Friday if you want to, Black Friday or that following weekend. You're just not going to convince me on this. I mean, if you have Christmas stuff up already, you might as well keep them up all year round because it's way too early. And you might as well just have it. All year round and just leave it there. I would love it. I would love, I've told you this before, my dream, I have two dreams in this world. One, we all know, the dark bar. Number two (laughs) is to keep the Christmas tree up year round and just decorate per holiday. But my husband said no. No, he's, I mean, once again, right about that. I think the problem with the extended celebration is that it takes away from the specialness It takes away from the special, concentrated joy of the Christmas season. And you dilute it. You water it down the more you spread it out. No, no, we're adding to the celebration. We are expanding the celebration. It's less meaningful. And it's especially less meaningful when it stamps and stomps all over another equally important holiday in Thanksgiving. Megan and I watched a Christmas movie last night. Yeah, well, obviously you're forcing her to do this. Megan knows better. Megan, I think, generally has a pretty good head on her shoulders. You're the one controlling the remote. You're the one It's like, all right, Megan, it's a mommy-daughter time. I did. I'm like, do you want to do a mommy-daughter movie tonight? And Mm -hmm. she's like, yeah. I'm like, let's do Christmas. And then I said, do you want to work on your Christmas list while we're watching it? And she goes, wait, when does Sweetie the Elf come? I said, Thanksgiving night. She goes, I'll do it after that. See, point made. Megan for the win again. I feel like Megan and Bobby are the people keeping that household from completely going I mean, off the rails into pure insanity. Well, I've, I have one last question. Uh-huh. When can you and I start talking about our Christmas party? Do we have to wait till after Thanksgiving? <laughs> well, I think something that we've already decided is if we're going to call it our Christmas party, I'm going to invoice you for a large portion of of the cost of the party. Then it can be ours. So that could be a problem. I mean, I know I'm the talent here too Mm -hmm. as well, but I don't get paid as much as the other talent. So You're the co-talent here? Of course I am. It's the Guy Benson Show asterisk. Cookie's mine. And the asterisk is actually a cookie. If you look carefully, it's a cookie. Or a hot dog. It's a chocolate chip asterisk. Uh, So yeah, I'll send you the invoice. I'll send some uh, some collectors, some debt collectors, to make sure that I get paid. And, you know, if not, that's fine. Good luck to your kneecaps. But if not, you know, it will be my party, our party, as in Adam and my party. But if you want to write that check, then it can become our, like the royal our party. Deal. All right. It's a binding social contract that has now been officially confirmed and witnessed by many on national radio. So thank you, Christine, for that very generous 
you know, I, you know, I'll give you a Merry Christmas for that, for your very generous Christmas gift, paying for at least half, I think I heard you say, at no, least half no. of our party. No, I can't. I, I can't afford that. No. I think you can. I will bring stuff. That will be my... No. Nope. I'll bring de- I'll bring decorations. No. I will bring some food. No, I'll no, bring no. some baka shots. No, no. You are going to, as we've agreed, write the check, and then all the aesthetics will be chosen and executed by people of taste. Namely, not you. We're out of time. I got to go get ready for Kennedy coming up in just over an hour, 7 p.m. Eastern time on Fox Business Network, sitting in for the great lady. Hope to see you there. Back here tomorrow from New York. I'm on the outnumbered couch tomorrow. It's a very busy day. It's a very busy week on The Guy Benson Show. Thank you for listening. Have a fantastic evening. Home stretch on Friday Eve on the Guy Benson Show from New York City. GuyBensonShow.com is our website. Podcast is always free. I will mention this again tomorrow, but just some programming notes here. I am scheduled and things change. Things are in flux. It's live television getting close to an election. So just keep that in mind. But I'm scheduled to be on tonight with Jesse Waters toward the end of the 7 p.m. hour on Fox News Channel Eastern Time. Tomorrow morning, I'm scheduled to appear on America's Newsroom around 9.30, I believe. Then with Stuart Varney on Fox Business, I believe in the 11 o'clock hour. We'll see. Saturday, I'll be hosting the big Saturday show, 5 p.m. Eastern time here in New York. That's on Fox News Channel. And it's a fun group, too. Carly Shimkus, Katie Pavlich, Charlie Hurt, yours truly. That's 5 p.m. Eastern on Saturday. On Sunday, I'm up early for Fox & Friends in studio, so Fox & Friends weekend. Then Sunday at noon, a special weekend pre-election edition of Outnumbered. I was on Outnumbered today on the couch for that hour. Back on the couch on Sunday, although apparently it's going to be not in the usual studio. It's going to be an outdoors edition of Outnumbered, weather permitting. So that'll be kind of cool. Harris Faulkner and company and me. Hashtag one lucky guy on a Sunday. And then Monday, the night before the election, I'm supposed to be on Gutfeld. So write that all down. Set your DVRs. Set your reminders on your phone if you want to catch me on the tube. There's a lot of that coming up. And then I will be part of Fox's election coverage as well on Fox News Channel from D.C. Tuesday night. Got a couple hits planned and might be staying on standby late into the night, reacting to numbers and news as it comes in. So I hope you'll be watching on Tuesday night in particular. With all of that said, Producer Christine, you told me something yesterday I did not realize or know. Earlier this hour, we were talking to Bill Hemmer here, and we were talking specifically about a few states, mostly in the east, although we got into Nevada a little bit as well. He mentioned New Jersey. There are a couple races, and Christie, Governor Christie, mentioned this yesterday, too. A couple races that could be interesting on the House side in Jersey. Really, one of them is considered a toss-up. And I did not realize that you live in that district. You are in this critical swing district that might be part of a red wave. So there's a lot of responsibility here. And I want to make sure, because I think sometimes you need help being responsible, that you have an actual plan to vote. 
that you can stick to because you have an opportunity, I think, to vote early. There's different things that you can do. Do you have a rock-solid plan to vote? Yeah, I do. You want to hear it? Please. I go to the polling place, and I vote. When, though? and like On election day. What time, though? So it's probably going to be early. I have to check and see. What time do they open in uh, see, New Jersey? This is why oh, I asked. Oh, right. I should have probably. This is I why I want to take Megan. What time do they open in New Jersey? Do you know that? I would guess 7 or 8 a.m. Okay. So if guess. it's Yeah. So what I'm going to do is get Megan right a little early for school. She's going to come with me. We're going to vote because I want her to get the sticker. But what if there's long lines? We wait. You wait. But what if she has school? I sign her in late. Yeah, because I guess election day, would you make it here? Because you've got a very busy day uh, here. So not, yeah. So then I might be a little late. Do not call the bosses on me. But I will be, once I get here, I will be here till. The point is you have to vote. Yes. It's really important for you to vote. I will vote. I, I mean, all eyes on cookie. Not the race. Now, I do have to ask you, without outing him too much, are we concerned about your husband's vote in terms of canceling you out? Should we try to suppress Bobby's vote? It's getting worse and worse day by day. I didn't even. It's. Do we need to suppress his vote? Can we? Should we do some Jim Crow 2.0 Bobby suppression update? You want me to just like kidnap him, put him in a closet somewhere? Maybe tell him the election day is Wednesday and see if he believes it. Go Jersey on him. I mean, there's a whole bunch of things we could do. Let's discuss that off the air. Probably best, just in case. Here's another crucial thing, though, because they'll be looking at the exit polls, right, in these very important races, who's showing up to vote, really getting into the nitty-gritty numbers. And one of the key demographics that they follow is by age. And, Christine, I'm wondering if you will count as a senior citizen voter, like not even a boomer anymore. Are you a senior citizen voter at this point? Because what just happened to you? I, I'm not asking this just to be like petty and to tease you. You just received a fascinating phone call yesterday. Was it you? Did somebody? Did you put somebody up to that? I don't even know what you're talking about. So you're going to have to tell us what happened. And then I received a phone call yesterday and they're like, hello, you know, Christine, last name. And they said, uh, would you like to review your Medicare benefits for the year? And I said, for me, it's not funny, Dan. Nobody's laughing here. Guy. Was it a scam? So ready for this. So at first I'm thinking, oh, okay. And I go, you know, you're about 25 years too early. And he goes, wait, what? And I said, I'm not on Medicare. They're between five and 25 years too early. Guy. In that range. I told him, I said, I'm not on Medicare. And he goes, but I have a whole profile on you. So then I said to him, oh, right. And now you're going to tell me that I need to give you like my social security number and my banking, you know, routing Mm -hmm. number in order to fix this. And he goes, no. (laughs) He goes, I actually have to figure out why you're in the system. And he goes, have you been on disability in the past 24 months? And I said, no. I said, I have private insurance. I've been at work this whole time, and I'm 41. And he goes, wow, I do not know how this is all messed up. But, yeah, here you are in the system saying you're under Medicare. So is this Medicare fraud that you've somehow been looped into? or Are you saying I committed fraud? Well, it sounds like either you've committed Medicare fraud or you're a senior citizen. Okay, obviously, I'm not a senior citizen, and I don't commit fraud. I mean, fraud, I'm, fraud. Look, I'm just looking at 
you know, the facts here. Well, I'm thinking when I hung up the phone that. You did not give him any nothing, sensitive information, did you? Nothing. He didn't want anything from me. Mm. I was waiting this whole time. I'm like, oh, okay, you want a credit card? Mm-hmm. What, what, you know, like waiting for something. Nothing. He like was I'll just as baffled. throw in a free fortune teller. He was just as baffled as I was. Huh. He was very concerned. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And then he said, are you on Medicaid? And I said, no. Not on anything. I have private insurance. My first thought when she texted it to us was that you guy had done this and set this up as a home stretch bit. And I was like, that's brilliant. It's genius. I wish I'd thought of that. <laughs> well, also, if I had done this in any sort of serious way, that's probably a crime. Right? <laughs> I could have had someone call posing to be right, that's this person, mean, yeah. but it didn't like it didn't occur to me to do anything like that. It does not give me any confidence in the government. If you're signed up for apparently a whole profile of benefits as a senior citizen, where you could just be like mooching off of taxpayers for decades. Well, you know, five years to two and a half decades of benefits that you're not eligible for yet. That is crazy. But you then started to actually think that it was a prank that I had done this. I 100% thought it was either you, Dan, Wyatt. I didn't think it really was Wyatt. What if it was? What if it was literally Wyatt? Well, he's the one that did the French onion soup to me. So. Oh, that was at my behest, though. The French onion soup, springing that on you. Where we just sandbagged you, although you deserved it. You made a bet, you lost, and finally you had to pay up. No, this, I did not do this, and I wish I had thought of something like this because that is funny. Wyatt, are you responsible for this? I am not responsible for this, but I just want to take one step back and go to the beginning of this segment. Christine, you need a plan to vote. This is very important election, and you need to make sure you have a plan to vote. I am I am going home this weekend to vote early because I screwed up my, my mail-in ballot voting form, and it won't make it in time. So you have to make sure you have a plan to vote. To all of our listeners out there, make sure you have a plan to vote. Very important election. Thank it's, you. The, no, Guy, you've created a monster. He's out of control. Thank you, teacher. I mean, he's, is he wrong? Yeah, but my gosh, like, this is all he thinks about. Is what, the election? Yes. Well, I mean, he's election Wyatt right now, and, you know, he gets into his phases. You know, War Wyatt, why, why the Clown. We'll, we'll get back to another Wyatt after the election, but he is, he's got his eye on the ball right now. He wants to make sure that your vote counts on election day in New Jersey in a very important race. Five days to go. We've got you covered here, wire to wire on the Guy Benson Show. Podcast free every day, GuyBensonShow.com, plus bonus Benson on the weekends, plus all the TV that we just talked about. We are going to be busy, busy folks around here. In the meantime, tomorrow is Friday. We've got a jam-packed lineup tomorrow as well. Wait till you hear the lineup tomorrow. We will be tweeting that out before showtime. At Guy Benson Show, by the way, Twitter and Instagram. Have a great night. Thank you for listening. We will talk to you then. Home stretch, almost of the weekend here on the Guy Benson Show. GuyBensonShow.com, the website, podcast free every day on demand. And that includes bonus Benson on the weekends. Tomorrow, I'm doing the big Saturday show, 5 p.m., Fox News Channel, co-hosting that. Sunday, it'll be Fox and Friends in the morning. 
and then a special pre-election outnumbered at noon on the news channel. That is on Sunday. Monday, a lot of TV as well, including Gutfeld and then election coverage on Tuesday. Busy, busy stuff here. Earlier this hour with Robert Cahaley from Trafalgar, we asked him about New York. And I mentioned some of these big Democratic hitters coming in to try to help pull Kathy Hochul across the finish line. One of them is the extremely articulate, serious, and popular Vice President of the United States, who once again harped on one of her very favorite themes. Cut 31. And what we are also seeing is that if you look at, you know, I like Venn diagrams, okay? So if you look, (laughs) I do. And um, if you look at the intersection on some of these issues, it's pretty profound and very clear. I was hoping for some Venn diagram talk. I love it when she talks about Venn diagrams. Don't we all? It's gold, Kamala. Stick with it. We love the content. By the way, do we know how she got from D.C. to New York? The wheels on the bus go round and round. The wheels on the bus go all through the town. I don't know if she talked about yellow school buses on behalf of Kathy Hochul. Probably. It's one of her go-tos. Meanwhile, I want to do a callback to one of our topics here this week on the show. I also got up on a soapbox on Kennedy's show about this as well. We played the clip of Mariah Carey's little transformation video from Halloween season to Christmas, where she's a wicked witch riding a Peloton for some reason, and then the snow blows through, and it's Christmas, and she sings, it's time, in a very high pitch, and then they start playing... All I want for Christmas is you as she's dancing and laughing and there's snow falling and she's in a little Santa elf type outfit. And the point I've been making is it's not time. It's not even close. Thanksgiving comes first and that's a very important, cherished American holiday. Then we can get to Christmas. In fact, I just ordered my turkey today, reserved the turkey today for Thanksgiving dinner, which we're hosting. And I'm not the only one who feels this way because I posted it on my personal Instagram and Twitter, at Guy P. Benson. Got a lot of feedback from a lot of Thanksgiving traditionalists who are on board with me. And then earlier today on the Today Show, I believe it was, on NBC, someone who I think is known for her taste in things endorsed my proposition, endorsed my line of thinking specifically as it relates to the Mariah Carey video, take it away, Martha Stewart. Mariah, you know me. I am a traditionalist with a twist, and uh, you cannot give up Thanksgiving. Just because you don't like turkey, I love turkey. And many, many other people love turkey. So do not think that we're going to give up Thanksgiving just because you say so. Thank you, Martha Stewart. Thank you. And this, this is part of the reason why I do support some criminal justice reform because of ex-felons like Martha Stewart who can make something of themselves after they serve their debt to society. <laughs> it's, just, it's amazing that she's uh, been in the slammer in her career. What was it? Was it white collar of some sort, some insider trading stuff? But she's exactly right about Thanksgiving. I endorse it fully. Christine, she is one of the more famous women ever to come out of New Jersey. And I feel like 
you should not cross Martha Stewart. You should be on Team Martha Stewart here. Okay, I'm just going to say this because she does scare me. Um, Why, I'm, because she's an ex-felon? No, no, she was scary before that. Uh, no one is saying that we're skipping Thanksgiving. I never said I was. What, did you ever hear the words out of my mouth, I'm not celebrating Turkey Day? No, no, it's not the lack of celebration. It's the skipping to all the Christmas stuff, and then Thanksgiving's like a quick little afterthought on the road to Christmas. The road to Christmas starts after Thanksgiving. That's the difference. I just want you to know, I have a wooden turkey decoration that says... Gobble till you wobble. I'm just saying it's it's out there. So there there is what why are they laughing? What's happening over you here? You found the worst possible Thanksgiving related trinket and you procured it, which is on brand. Gobble till you wobble. Usually it's not food that makes you wobble. Right? It's another part of the feast, if I recall correctly. How do you do it? Anything I say, anything I text, I anything mean, I email turns into something about me drinking. Well, wobble was low-hanging fruit. Wobble was a pretty easy one. By the way, one more thing before we go for the weekend here. I did start White Lotus because we were talking about the mole, which I hope you all are going to try to watch because it is very good. What, Christine? I tried to watch it last night. You don't like it? No, it bored me. Bobby's obsessed, by the way. That also sounds right. It's a thinking person show. (laughs) Serious. You can't say that on air. (laughs) They're just roasting her in there. Anyway, you guys had said that White Lotus was really good. I am one episode into season one, and I have to ask, does it get better than episode one, because episode one did not really do much for me. It's kind of like uh, S Creek. Remember the first seasons? Like, you have to keep keep going. Okay. Just keep going. Yeah, the characters definitely develop a lot more, and a lot better things happen. It's kind of all set up in the beginning. Yeah, because nothing yeah. really has happened. Yeah, exactly. It's only one episode. I get it, but it didn't really make me desperate to go and watch more of it. But it sounds like the consensus, Wyatt, stick with it. Yes, retweet what both they said, both of them what they said. It, you just gotta keep going. Okay, and so we shall. It's the weekend. When we come back here on the radio show, it'll be the day before the election. Amazing. We will have in-depth coverage Monday and Tuesday, then reaction Wednesday. So much excitement coming on the Guy Benson show. In the meantime, try to enjoy your weekend. Gobble till you wobble. Get ready for Thanksgiving. And we will talk to you on Monday. Jesus drank wine. Cookie drinks Cosmos. (laughs) That was this week's edition of Bonus Benson. For more Guy Benson Show, go to GuyBensonShow.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Clay Travis. Join me for Outkick the Show as we dive deep into a mix of topics. New episodes available Monday to Friday on your favorite podcast platform. And watch directly on Outkick.com forward slash watch. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.